Quality sleep is essential, and that's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. So you can choose what's right for you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature. Quiets their snores. Sleep Number does that. Sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on Sleep Number limited edition smart beds for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Hey everyone, I'm David Chalian, the CNN political director. This is The Daily DC. We're just one day away from the New Hampshire primary. So once again, we're recording this podcast from WMUR, our affiliate in Manchester, New Hampshire. And once again, I am so lucky to be joined by my good friend and colleague, CNN's chief political correspondent, Dana Bash. Welcome back to The Daily DC, Dana. Here we are. Here we Got are. Got our boots on. Wait, do you, you I don't. Your... I'm wearing I know. Okay. You went I... <laughs> home. You came back. You didn't bring your boots. That's a different conversation. I, I went home. I, I had rehearsal because, you know, we have to rehearse for election night. Right. So we, That's right. We had rehearsal. And then I'm back in New Hampshire. Yes. Uh, and I'm glad to be back in this very tiny sound booth with you. But it gives us good audio quality. We thank our hosts at WMUR. Uh, Dana, uh, I want to start with Joe Biden and him sort of flipping a switch and getting more aggressive with Buttigieg uh, over the weekend. We actually saw it a little bit in the debate Friday night that ABC did here in New Hampshire. But the campaign rolled out this digital ad where they're advertising on YouTube and elsewhere, uh, taking a real whack at this notion of – a small town or small city mayor having enough experience to to be president. Give a listen. Joe Biden helped lead the passage of the Affordable Care Act, which gave health care to 20 million people. And when park goers called on Pete Buttigieg, he installed decorative lights under bridges. Joe Biden helped to negotiate the Iran deal. And under threat of disappearing pets, Buttigieg negotiated lighter licensing regulations on pet chip scanners. So there are two ways to look at this. Effective hit, like a central argument that Joe Biden uh, is very much running on his experience Mm -hmm. uh, and and this feeds into that. That's not the view I take. The view I take is – and feel free to disagree. I think this looks a little desperate. I think it's off-brand for Joe Biden. Totally off-brand. And our K-File colleagues went back. They went back to look. Do you know how many times Joe Biden has like addressed the U.S. Conference of Mayors or as vice president was the liaison to government officials? Of course he was. And gave so much praise to mayors being the very heart of democracy, closest to the voters, constantly having to answer to voters and solve problems and Mm -hmm. not tied up in the partisan Washington thing. That was all praiseworthy. And now – Joe Biden is not somebody that mocks or belittles, but that's what that ad was. Totally off brand. Um, and, and, it, and it's not just brand because brand is like who, who somebody wants to be. It's not who he is. I mean, totally it genuinely fair. isn't who he is. The one thing that you have from Joe Biden, uh, no matter, you know, love or hate him, is you have authenticity. And this is not authentic Joe Biden. That's argument number one. Argument number two is whether it's effective. I don't I don't get how that's effective. I really don't. And it's not just because it's not who Joe Biden is. It's because of the argument that he's making. It's like, this is 2020. People are, and even like going back to 2016, on both sides of the aisle, people are looking for something and someone new. And the ability to lead doesn't necessarily uh, it isn't isn't bound by or dictated by whether or not you negotiated an Iran deal, whether or not you had that experience. And 
I'm not saying that that's you know not what I think. That's based on what voters have thought uh, for the past several years. That's kind of more old school. Yeah, and I know we talked a lot about this in the 2008 presidential election in 2016 about uh, voters looking for a change agent. But I think we're missing that voters may be looking for a change agent again in 2020. A thousand percent. It's funny because I was actually, as you used that term, change agent. I mean, I remember so vividly because I was covering John McCain full time. And how many times he would go after, it was the general election, but go after Barack Obama as not, not experienced. A celebrity. A, a celebrity, right? and but, but talking up his experience, which was vast, obviously, because it was John McCain. But it didn't matter. It was falling on deaf ears. It was kind of besides the point. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I'm so curious to see in the exit polls, not just tomorrow, but in Super Tuesday states, like throughout this primary season, what is it? in terms of candidate quality that these voters tell us they actually were seeking when they went to the polls to vote. Uh, I think it may I think we may be surprised a little bit. I agree. Uh, we know they've been looking for a Trump defeater. But when it comes to whether they're looking for that kind of long experience, you know, or if they're looking for a real change engine, I, I wonder if we haven't fully grasped that part of the story yet. Um, I want you to hear how Buttigieg responded uh, to the Biden attack at a uh, Democratic Party dinner here in New Hampshire on Saturday night. Now, I know some are asking, what business does the South Bend mayor have seeking the highest office in the land? You don't have an office in Washington. You don't have decades of experience in the establishment. The city you're the mayor of isn't even the biggest city in the country. It's more like Manchester, New Hampshire. To which I say that is very much the point. Because Americans in small rural towns, in industrial communities, and yes, in pockets of our country's biggest cities, are tired of being reduced to a punchline by Washington politicians and ready for somebody to take their voice to the American capital. What do you make of that response, Dan? It's it's perfect pitch if you're Pete Buttigieg. I mean, it really is. Um, he said it there. He was on with Jake on Sunday uh, and and talked about, you know, sort of similar themes. The, the, the whole reason for his being, the whole reason for his candidacy is exactly that, is he is a small town mayor. So elect me. Right. I am, you know, I don't have a lot of experience. That's a good thing. And so... You know, he's he's doubling down on that in the face of what we talked about, which is Joe Biden going after him for it. Now, I do want to note it was interesting after Joe Biden's campaign launched that ad on Saturday. He did not follow through with that in his messaging on Sunday. But this morning, his senior advisor, Kate Bedingfield, was at a breakfast with reporters here sponsored by Bloomberg uh, in Manchester. And our colleague Jeff Zeleny reported out of that breakfast that she said he is not at all uncomfortable with the message. He's totally not stepping away from it. And and he is happy to pursue that message that was in that ad. And I just wrote back to Jeff when I saw that. I was like, let's see what he exactly. actually does on the campaign trail. That's exactly right. Uh, you know, we'll believe it when we see him do it. Yeah. Um, I just I want to stick on this point and then we can talk about the sort of stakes for all the candidates tomorrow. But I want you to hear the exchange that Zeleny had with Biden around this over the weekend. Mr. Vice President, you served for a president who was uh, criticized in this very way, nearly at this very time in the campaign. Hillary Clinton said, Barack Obama, you don't have the experience to be president. He went on to be president. Is this a 
act of desperation on your campaign to be making this assertion right now of Mayor Buttigieg? This guy's not Barack Obama. Barack Obama had been a United States senator of a really large state. Barack Obama had laid out a clear vision what he thought the international society should look like and what the order should be. Barack Obama had laid out in detail what he thought should happen with regard to the economy. By the way, let me just say, Joe Biden is right. Pete Buttigieg is not Barack Obama. Right. I, like that is that is clear. Pete Buttigieg said it himself, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, he he is not Barack Obama uh, in many ways, um, but also in his political position at the moment in this race, he's not Barack mm-hmm. Obama either. Mm-hmm. Uh, Barack Obama came off a huge victory in Iowa, yep. surprise victory that sh- you know really shocked the world. Uh, Buttigieg was trying to have that happen, but it didn't work out that way for the way that they reported out. So he had, he emerged in sort of an equally strong night with Bernie Sanders. But it, you hear in Biden's voice there, uh, don't tell me that sort of I'm attacking his experience in an unjustified way. Like mm-hmm. he – I think Biden does think, again, apart from whether or not the voters want an experience mm-hmm. argument, it, he does seem to think Buttigieg really is not fully up to this job mm-hmm. given what he – his experience to date. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and, and you can understand why if you're Joe Biden because of all of the, 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 the wealth of experience that he has. It all goes back to Jeb Bush who <laughs> does him say everything, <laughs> saying this in this very state four years ago, uh, you got to win the primary by winning the general. And that is – Without saying it that way, that's been the whole M.O. of the Biden campaign. That's the electability argument. The electability argument, but even more broadly than that, the real reason why he got into this race, and this isn't just the argument, this is is the legit story, is he can't stand Donald Trump. It's not that he – I mean, yes, of course, he's dying to be president because everyone has told him since he was 25 that he should be president. But given where he is in his life and his age now and all that, he does look at at, at Donald Trump and say, this country needs to be saved and I'm the only guy who can save it. And what he's running into now is the buzzsaw of the primary season and voters saying – I'm not so sure. Right. Maybe you're not our guy to do this, is right. what a lot of Democrats are saying at the moment. So tell me about that. When the results come in tomorrow night, after he had what he called a disappointing gut punch of a showing in fourth place in Iowa, if he comes in a distant third place to the top two of Buttigieg and Sanders or even a repeat fourth place uh, position here in New Hampshire, they their argument is we've been prepared for this. We've been telling you we're not going to do well in those first two states. But the reality of not doing well in those first two states is different than saying we're not going to and stick with us through South Carolina. It's a long time before South Carolina if you suffer two gut punches in the first right. two states. Also because there's, there's Nevada yeah. first and there's no guarantee that he's going to do well there, which is, a, which is a different story. But on the expectations game, part of the reason political – you know, advisors, um, lower expectations is so that when you exceed expectations, it's a good thing. You don't just lower expectations because you think you're actually going to get. That's a really good point. <laughs> really, you know, bad results. You're not trying for an accurate prediction when you're lowering expectations. Exactly. You're trying to kind of, you know, set the narrative. But second, just the other thing I've been thinking about just being here in New Hampshire is New Hampshire voters on both sides of the aisle love to lift a candidate up, 
bring a candidate back to life. Go back to Bill Clinton in 1992, um, John McCain uh, in, in, in 2008, Hillary Clinton uh, in 2008. And if they don't do that for Joe Biden, I think that is so telling uh, because of the history in this state when it comes to people who they think maybe should get a second chance or a second look. And if they don't afford that to Joe Biden, it's very noteworthy. Yeah. The other thing, obviously, that's so crucial in New Hampshire is that these independents get to play exactly. in either primary. I mean, there's no real competitive primary on the Republican side this time. So – we may see a much larger share of the Democratic electorate, perhaps, we'll see, is independent than was four years ago. Independent are also people who are Republicans. And some, yeah, Republicans. Can come over and maybe they can, you know, make some mischief or they are just disaffected with Donald Trump. Who now, knows? this was a Sanders strength four years ago against Hillary Clinton. He overwhelmingly won the independents that were then playing in the Democratic primary. But remember... A lot of independents were playing in the Republican That's primary. Right. So, so it, we'll see now. It may not benefit Sanders as much. The polling indicates Buttigieg does quite well with the independents that are saying they're going to participate in the primary. It's not just a Sanders runaway category. But so too may Amy Klobuchar, who is the Minnesota senator who, by all reviews, had a good debate performance on Friday night. Our poll shows, our tracking poll, that her Saturday and Sunday numbers show an uptick, that there may have been some impact. Um, but she's still running back in fourth or fifth place uh, in, in most of the polling that that's out there. Does she need some – what is the breakout she needs in the results tomorrow night to propel her forward? Well, this is an, an example of low expectations m- meet the moment, you know, I, meaning that – you know, Iowa, she was the, you know, the senator next door. And so expectations were higher there. The fact that she still um, has the buzz around her, she's still doing OK in the polls uh, is what's kind of keeping her in, in the discussion. But I actually think and I'm no disrespect to Senator Klobuchar. And you know what? She might do extremely well in New Hampshire, which will change the whole dynamic for her and for the whole race. But what I'm looking for is really how her assent, if there is one, affects Joe Biden. Hmm. Because if Joe Biden uh, finishes below Amy Klobuchar, that is, it's hard to see him coming back from that. Now, it's a long race ahead of us. You know, South Carolina, as you said, there's the Southern states, there's Super Tuesday, there's a whole big race ahead of us. But that would be extremely telling if in the state of New Hampshire, if Joe Biden, the former two-term vice president, uh, didn't do well enough to best Amy Klobuchar, who nobody expected to be anywhere right now. Yeah. And in, her, and in his last two presidential runs, never made it to New well, Hampshire, yeah, that's right? that's true. Uh, you know, I, we talked a lot about the moderate lane in this podcast. I, there is no doubt uh, tomorrow in advance of the primary, I will also talk about the reality of what happens here is that Bernie Sanders is well positioned to win this state after having a really successful night in Iowa. And if that happens, I guarantee you Wednesday morning, there is going to be a wake up freak out inside the Democratic establishment of the real concern among some in that wing of the party that a self-declared Democratic socialist is the odds on favorite for the nomination at that point, And that is going to cause a whole different uh, dynamic in this race as no well. No question. No doubt about that. Dana, thank you so much for being here. Good to I really be with appreciate you. Happy your almost primary day. Happy almost New Hampshire primary day. And a friendly reminder to our listeners, we've got a new episode every weeknight. So please subscribe on your favorite podcast app. While you're there, please consider leaving a rating or a comment. It helps people find the show. And of course, 
Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you tomorrow. When you work, you work next level. When you play, you play next level. And when it's time to sleep, Sleep Number smart beds are designed to embrace your uniqueness, providing you with high-quality sleep every night. Sleep next level. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $1,599. Save $300 for a limited time, only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Prices higher in Alaska and Hawaii. Quality sleep is essential, and that's why the Sleep Number smart bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. So, you can choose what's right for you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature. Quiets their snores. Sleep Number does that. Sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on Sleep Number limited edition smart beds for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com.